Hello and welcome to the Spirit World Center. The following is the Spirit World Center podcast. If you have any questions about the spirits or shamanic training, you can visit our website at spiritworldcenter.com. And now, please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit World Center. You've arrived at yet another shamanic circle. It's a Saturday night, and we gather to discuss things, share stories, and otherwise talk about shamanism. Uh, today, I'm joined here by Laova. Hello, everyone. And today, we're talking about power animals and wild animal spirit stories that we have had happen to us and that we've encountered. Um, so I think the, the first thing to, to jump into here is really, there's a lot of terms out there. You know, you'll hear things like totem animal, spirit animal, power animal, and it can be very confusing. What are all these different terms? And to make matters worse, you go and, and research these terms and you'll find that there is really no common understanding of what these things are. You'll find a lot of uh, different, uh, you know, very particular and eccentric and, and, uh, and, uh, and well, different definitions all over the place. And, uh, and so therefore... The terms themselves are kind of helpful, but also kind of not helpful because it, it's <laughs> difficult to be on the same page when it comes to what is this person talking about, right? Um, of course, uh, you know, the, for instance, uh, power animal, that's coming from uh, uh, from the core shamanism tradition, right? And that's uh, very similar to a term that we use in our own uh, in our own work at the shamanics or at the at the uh, spirit world center, uh, and then of course totem animal that's coming from the the anthropological research right the idea of a totem uh, being this animal that's a ref reflective of the tribe or reflective of the the family. Um, and, uh, you know, and then of course, within, uh, uh, within modern culture, you have, you know, spirit animal, which has in the common parlance has become something where it's like, you know, you really identify with this, with this being, uh, and, you know, for instance, you might see someone say on Twitter, right? Oh, you know, Ariana Grande is my spirit animal because I identify with her so much, you know, <laughs> this kind of thing. And, uh, so in many ways, these terms have morphed, shifted, uh, been appropriated as it will by the culture. Um, and so at the center, we actually tend to use another set of terms, that is much more reflective of the uh, relationships that you can have with these spiritual beings. And that, of course, is the, the guardian spirit, and then also your guides. And this opens up a vast, vast menu of different types of beings who can be in your life, okay? Uh, so for instance, um, when you have your guardian spirit, this is a being who's very close to you. Uh, this is a being who has been with you since the day you were born. They're watching over you. This is very much akin to the guardian angel of the Judeo-Christian uh, tradition. Uh, it's also very similar to uh, um, uh, well, you will find it within core shamanism as the idea of this power animal that has been with you since birth as well. Um, and so, yes, this is why we tend to use guardian spirit for that. 
Another reason, of course, I'm, I'm sure you might have heard this mentioned on the podcast before as well, is that a guardian spirit um, can be many different things, right? You might be an ancestor. It might be a plant spirit. It might be an actual mountain, the, the, the a consciousness of an actual mountain acting as your guardian spirit. It, it could be a cosmic deity, right? There's many different things that it can be, not just an animal spirit. So if you go in looking for your, you know, looking for your guardian spirit and you're thinking, okay, it's going to be a power animal, that might lead you to uh, ignore the being standing there, <laughs> you know, who actually is your guardian spirit, because you're looking for an animal, right? So, but um, the thing is, absolutely, that an animal can be your guardian spirit, right? So once again, then we're looking at the function there, right? So what's the function there? So in that case, if an animal is your guardian spirit, it has been there with you since the beginning. It's watching over you. It's taken on that kind of guardian spirit, that protector uh, role, right? Just like a guardian angel, right? And then you have uh, guides. And guides, they are spiritual beings of, once again, many types, right? Who will come into your life for various different reasons to empower you, to teach you, to help you through some challenge. And they might come for a long time. They might be in your life for uh, for many years. They also might just be in your life for a very short while because they they came for a particular purpose. And when that's done, they they head off, right? But um, they, they can, so they can, they can have various uh, varied interactions with you. But ultimately, what they're doing is empowering you, right? They're empowering empowering you in some way. They're helping guide you through life. Um, and so, uh, regardless of whether you want to call that spirit animal or um, or a uh, power animal, totem animal, that this is the function, right? This is a a guide, a being who is basically voluntarily helping you out in your life. They're not a guardian spirit because they're not taking on that interaction since your birth, but uh, they are getting deeply involved uh, in your life. Um, and so one thing to clear up is when you, when we're talking about, uh, about animal spirits, right? Well, something to clarify is just what we mean by, uh, you know, an animal spirit. Because you can have the ghost or the spirit of an individual animal, right? Let's say the ghost of a particular fox. And it is absolutely possible to interact with that kind of being in the spirit world. And to, you know, it's, it's basically like interacting with a ghost. But when we're talking about guardian spirits and, um, and guides, really what we tend to be talking about are great spirits or the archetypal spirits behind an entire species right and and that is something very different right while as um while as a particular animal spirit like a particular fox or a particular mouse uh as in a ghost of a particular individual they're going to be they're going to have their own particular point of view they're going to have a little bit of their own uh egoic uh, sense to them. So they have their own drives, their own thing that they want, right? So um, an interaction with them is going to be very different from this this archetypal spirit that literally animates an entire species. And that is the, the caretaker spirit 
of an entire species. It contains the entire wisdom of an entire species, right? Uh, when you encounter that type of animal spirit, it's a much larger, uh, much more magnanimous, and uh, much more seeing the big, the bigger picture, right? And so that will be the kind of being that you're interacting with when you're doing shamanic work. You know, you can you can reach out to a particular animal ghost. Um, and that situation, you know, what you'll tend to find is that it's always, you know, you give something to get something. <laughs> you, you'll, that will tend to be the, the pattern, right? Yes. For, for example, let, let's say you work um, with squirrel spirit, okay? And then it is the spirit of a squirrel, right? Not the great squirrel spirit here. Um, and you want to, well, it can help with your finance. You know, they're good at, at piling up, at piling up um, well, they're not. So he said, yeah, yeah, I can help you, but I would like an offering of peanuts in exchange, uh, which you will never find out um, with the great spirit of the squirrels. Be like, I don't need help. You need help. Okay? It is like there's this kind of like already like the, the great spirit will welcome your love will welcome like if you want to give an offering because you're grateful for um what squirrel spirit did for you so far or you want to create a good connection it is up to you you don't have to it is not necessary the great spirit of squirrels is happy to help um and to bring its wisdom into the world and it's happy to help for many reasons. This is the interesting thing about these these archetypal spirits behind a certain species, in that they one one there's the pure kind of volunteerism type thing where it's basically saying, okay, I just want to help out this being, right? But then there's the other part where uh, think about what an archetypal spirit does, right? It has a certain pattern of existence, right? Think about what a lion is, right? Think about the the energies contained within a lion, the fierceness, the courage, the all these. And then think about how that uh, is basically being imparted into our reality with every single lion that exists. Well, Ultimately, an animal great spirit or an or archetypal, archetypal animal spirit is, in essence, helping to bring those energies and put them into existence. And so when it, when it does that, like that, that's its role, right? It, its role is to spread and to manifest certain energies within uh, material existence. So when you the shamanic practitioner, the pagan practitioner, whatever you're doing, entering into ceremony, uh, going into journey, when you make contact with that archetypal being, they are going to be as happy as a pig in mud because they get to spread their pattern into a human, right? So they get to empower your life with this energetic pattern and so they're like, oh, okay, I don't just have to spread this to other, you know, to, to lions, to actual lions. Now I can, I can bring the courage of a lion and put in a human. Okay, I'm spreading my pattern in new places, right? I'm, I'm being extra effective. Awesome. This is great. So, uh, yeah, never feel bad about calling upon an animal great spirit or an, or an archetypal animal spirit, right? Two different words for the same thing. Um, don't feel ever bad about that. Because they benefit from it as well. They like 
putting those energies into this physical world through us. So uh, it's a, it's definitely a win-win for sure. Yeah, it's it's passing forward. Is that the giving forward? Um, um, oh, what's the word? Yeah. Um, Paying it forward. Yeah, because, you know, they all have that in themselves and they're happy to share it. They're just, they just love it. Um, and so it's, this is how you create a symbiosis, right? Exactly. They, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not mutual. this. It's not this contractual obligation. It is more both sides, both parties are benefiting from this interaction. Yes. You're getting empowered and they are getting to spread their particular pattern into our reality. Um, so one thing to note when you're working with uh, um, either, well, with these kind of animal spirits, whether it's a guardian spirit or whether it's a guide, is that they have definitely their own unique personalities. And um, so, for instance, when we work with whale spirit, <laughs> it is quite the personality. The thing is that it depends the role that they have for you. Because, you know, you can come for their wisdom and they will kind of give you their own perspective on a subject matter. And if they think, like if you work with different spirit animal, they might also suggest, well, maybe I'm not the right suited guide for you right now. And maybe you should go see, uh, I don't know, monkey spirit for, for that topic right now for you in this life. You know, it doesn't mean like monkey spirit have like power, like all the knowledge about a certain topic, but it's more like for you in your specific situation, you might need this um the wisdom of of the monkey instead of the whale but all of this to say that for me whale spirit is my nurture she's she's there to she learn teach me teaches me how to navigate my emotions how to be the queen of my own ocean of emotions um and uh i'm very sensitive so <laughs> it's good and my interaction with her are just awesome but i would not say that it would be the same for everyone right they might other people might have insight on motherhood uh with whale spirit or maybe more just the male side of whale spirit which is more like taking your place or you know there's there's different w ways to uh, work and interact with uh, one animal that that is an interesting point in yeah. that when you're talking about something is huge as an archetypal spirit or a great spirit of a species, you're talking about a consciousness that's absolutely massive. Yeah. Right? And and so you're only ever going to interact with a particular snapshot, a, a little piece of that. And really a lot of that is going to be your personality, your personality kind of reaching out and, and touching a part of that bigger personality that's similar to you, that resonates with you. Uh, this is why, I mean, even... Uh, even in uh, pagan practice, let's say, when you're working with uh, certain uh, ancient deities, right, you can have people who have very different experiences because it's like they're reaching out and connecting with different parts of this massive consciousness. And so, you know, you can have a being who comes through as very kind and gentle, but for someone else, that same being could come through as a bit more of a harsh taskmaster, right? Uh, because you're connecting with different parts of that massive consciousness. Uh, it's kind of, you know, based on your expectations, based on who you are, what you resonate with, and all this. Um, so, yeah, you definitely can have different uh, different personalities there. And as Lava was saying, 
with animal spirits, this is why it's a very good idea to be uh, to be clear about what animal spirits you're uh, you're working with and calling in uh, for a particular question, right? Let's say you're, you know, I, I believe we've <laughs> used the example before. Uh, you know, let's say you're having trouble at work and your your boss is being uh, annoying, and uh, and so you. Uh, you know, you might ask whale spirit and whale spirit might say, oh, well, maybe he's ha maybe your boss is having a hard time at home. You know, maybe you should just give him a big hug, you know, yeah. it's something, <laughs> something nurturing like that. Well, as with you, if you call on, uh, you know, on lion spirit, uh, you know, <laughs> it might say, you know, set you have to set down boundaries yeah. and set that territory. You know, you got to be aggressive here. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and both different ways to solve the same problem. And at that point, you just have to ask, OK, well, which one do I resonate with? Right. Which which way of solving this uh, do I resonate with? And then you get a better sense of who you are and uh, and you you learn through that exchange. So that's uh, that's some things about how to uh, to work with um, with animal spirits and what what animal spirits are. Um, now we'd love to uh, talk about some examples of experiences that we've had that uh, that really were uh, were curious and that really uh, stood out to us um, when you're when you're walking the shamanic path, the pagan path, the ceremonial magic path, and all this. You tend to have a lot of awesome and amazing synchronicities that come along uh, with the uh, with your efforts. And uh, and so, of course, I always encourage people, you know, have a list of your confirmation events, these things that really stand out to you, uh, because otherwise they kind of get lost and fall down the rabbit hole. Right. But uh, yeah, so these are the some that have stood out to us in the last uh, in the last few years, at least. Um, so for one, <laughs> Lauva, uh, you and your foxes, right? <laughs> yes, um, that's very interesting. Uh, Eric got me a a fox call, um, and it was because I had a shamanic journey where I met with fox spirit, and so he, he made me that that gift uh, to to connect with fox spirit. Um, and so the day after, we we saw a fox right as we were yeah. walking. Yeah, we we were going on a walk on a trail. Um, it's an old railway bed that has been converted to a, a hiking trail. And, uh, on the way back on that walk, right when we were about to pass, go on this bridge, that's right at the end of the trail, uh, going over the stream, we see this beautiful red fox just trotting down the, the middle of the, uh, the middle of the bridge. And this is an area where we have never seen foxes before. Right. Well, but, I've, I was there for like two years already, and I never saw a fox there. I've never seen a fox in the area, actually. And uh, and so, yeah, you know, uh, Lava receives her fox skull, and then the next day, oh, a nice red fox d decides to join us on the path. And also, to clarify, the, the uh, skull was also a red fox skull. Yeah. It was uh, ethically sourced. I, I believe it was a forest find. Um, and, uh, so yeah, you know, it seems Lava, like every time that you work with foxes in your practice, we see a fox in the yard or, uh, some, somehow somewhere where we walk. Yes. 
uh, other where um other where <laughs> somewhere else uh, on the trail yes and you know i think one thing that tends to happen with these kind of animal sightings uh in the shamanic path is that they they tend to have a deeply uh personal uh relationship to what's going on in your practice and so uh, one example that I'm thinking of that happened to you, Lauva, while you were walking by yourself was when you were seeing so many things with broken wings. Not not all broken wings, but that couldn't fly. That was such an odd uh, morning. So it, it was like <clears throat> uh, some sometimes in, in June um, that year and kind of early in the morning. And I saw a giant moth um, with a broken wing that was a difficulty to fly. So this one, I I make sure it was safe uh, in the garden. You know, it was like in the middle of the grass, so I just help him uh, to move in the in actually in the woods, so he could like maybe find a mate. Who knows? And um, then I just I was going for my walk, so I continue in the woods. I cross the woods to get to the trail. And uh, in the in the woods, I cross a robin that is on the ground, and I was very very close to it, or maybe one feet, uh, one foot, and just continued to walk in front of me as if it was guiding me in the little like mini trail in the forest until the the end. I was actually very worried about the robin that I called Eric and I said Eric I think I found an injured bird it doesn't want to fly it's just walking in front of me um do you think we should take care of it and as I say that uh the robin just take off and flew off flew away and I'm like what was that <laughs> and so I continue you know um I walk I find the other side of the trail where where I usually walk and and there on the ground there is a um a dragonfly that couldn't fly so it was on the ground perfectly well healthy technically so I just take it the thing is that I take it off the trail because I don't want a uh, a, a an ATV, or an ATV or, yeah. to to just kill them so I usually put them aside um so I felt that this butterfly, uh, sorry, dragonfly wanted to cross the road. So it it stayed on my finger, you know, I put it on my finger and it stayed on my finger for, I would say, four to five minutes. By the time I walk, I cross the highway to get to the other side of the trail and then it took off. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? And again, I saw on the, on the, on the trail a bumblebee again on, on, on the trail, not flying, um, and full of dust. And so I just, I took it in my hands to put it aside. Um, and I look at it in my, in my hand and I said, are you okay? And it, and it flew off. <laughs> it, it just was such a, um, strange moment for me. And I was like, there's something there. I, there's something I like, <laughs> I, I have to get it. What is going on? And I'm like, okay, you know, it's for me to... It was in my personal growth to, you know, take off, flew, flew off, um, make the leap, you know? Of course, sometimes the um, 
the symbolism is is far clearer even than that um so i'm thinking of one time when uh we were doing a channeling session and Lauva in that channeling session was talking about Ouroboros. Yes. Right? And that's the, the snake swallowing its own tail. And uh, in that room that we were doing the channeling session, and uh, we uh, we have a, uh, a snake. It was a, a Brooks king snake. And um, big five-foot-long guy, right? And he uh, he was in his little cave in, in the, the side of the enclosure. And all of a sudden, as soon as Lava is coming back from this channeling session, the this king snake just starts using this kind of circular cave to propel itself forward in this way, where it's just like, you know, when they put a motorcycle in one of those circular, like spherical closed cages, and the and the, the motorcycle just starts going around and around and around and around sideways and upwards and all this. That's what the snake was doing. It was just going around in this incredibly fast circle. Uh, probably, uh, you know, it's a five foot long snake in a cave that's probably one foot diameter so it's it's already like you know around itself twice or so and it's just going around and around in a circle and literally it's like accelerating to the point where it's making this sound of like and i've never seen one of our snakes do that ever before and you know he was forming this circular closest thing to an ouroboros that uh um, that we could imagine. So that one was, was quite interesting. You know, the spirits have a funny sense of humor with that. Uh, another snake related one, of course, this was long before we even kept snakes was, uh, Lauva had made this epiphany of, uh, this particular transformation she was going to make in her life. And we leave the room where we were just discussing this and we see this, this big rat snake on the floor. And like, it's, it's pretty big. I'd say it was probably a three and a half foot snake. And uh, it's just lying there, just chilling. And I have no idea how it got in the house. We <laughs> Yeah, that's a mystery. <laughs> like it, it must have climbed in through the roof and got in through the attic. And somehow, I have no idea. But it was just there on the ground, chilling. So we, you know, we scooped it up and put it outside. But a snake is very much a, a symbol of transformation as well. So we definitely took that as a symbol that uh, the transformation was going the right way. Um, Lava, one story you might want to touch on is the the sloth, right? I guess I can tell the first part of that. Yes. So so Lava was working on healing maternal energies, yeah. right? Um, healing maternal energies within her family, and so kind of reconnecting with those maternal energies. And uh, that day, I had been on Instagram, and there was this one video that uh, really touched me, and it was this this sloth, this female sloth, on a tree, and someone comes to it, and they hold up this little baby sloth, like so small, it looks like a like a tiny stuffed animal compared to the. Like the you mother. could put it in your pocket. You know? <laughs> and it holds it up, and 
the the mother sloth is like, oh right, my baby, and so it slowly comes back down the tree and slowly reaches out oh. and slowly takes the baby sloth, and you know they reunite and hug and all this, and it was just this beautiful little moment. And so that came up in my Instagram feed like twice. So I had saved it to uh, my my saved videos or saved images or whatever on, on Instagram. And I showed that to Lauva later that day. Well, later that night, we... Uh, so already that entered sloth and maternal energies into that day, right? So Lauva was already working on those maternal energies and I showed her that video of was of a baby sloth reuniting with her mother. Now, what happened then was um, we went out to the movies later that night, and uh, we, uh, we we dropped by the arcade, and Lava was like, "Hey, Eric, you should go play the claw game. I'll enjoy watching you play that." Right? So I was like, "Okay, why not?" <laughs> and and so uh, I basically, you know, when I play that claw game, I, I don't try. I just like, whatever, I'm going to like use the force, Luke. Like just, okay, <laughs> just move it to where it feels right and then let it go from there, right? And so I do that. And it raises up a toy and it plops it in. And that toy was a little squeaky toy and it was a baby sloth. <laughs> Can you imagine? And it was just, and it definitely led Lava to cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did cry. I was touched by the moment because I was, yeah, it just touched me. I felt the video as a more, a much more, like a new meaning to me. And also the same day, Eric, actually, the funny part is that that morning I went for a walk. I go for morning walks. And, uh, I saw a turtle. Mm -hmm. So that morning, the same day, I saw a turtle. And the thing to know is that for me, the turtle is the animal related to my mother. She she herself connect with the turtle. And also, it is the animal that, um, that represents my ancestors on, on my altar. I have like a family of turtle, like a big mini you know, medium size. And and so as I was doing uh, ancestral healing and also connecting with my, my mother's side, uh, I saw the turtle and then it's just everything came together. All these beautiful um, animals uh, just brought the meaning that I was already kind of working on in my life and make it just reinforce what I was already working on. And so I think this is something to, to realize that when you were seeing animals, they, they can be messenger. They can just be a little, you know, um, tap on the back, like, Hey, continue your work. Or they can also be a kind of, um, empowering or reinforcer of something you are living. They're just kind of bringing it, bringing it to the next level. And then it's, this is, with these little synchronicities that it makes takes it to the next level and you're like oh wow wow and then it's kind of instead of staying in your head you know if you're working a lot and you try to figure out things it's bring it to your heart because you know when you see the image of 
<laughs> well, the video was very cute. So when you see the image of the mama, the mama, um, sloth. I don't know how to say that word, sloth, sloth, uh, sloth, just sloth. sloth. Yeah. Okay, sloth. THs are difficult for me. And, I, and if, because I don't pronounce my age, it can turn very bad very fast. <laughs> so with the baby, uh, it, it, it's amazing. And it's very much this reunion type. Yes, it was like, it, right? yes, it was like coming back to um, the right place. You know, it's like coming back to where um, I belong, which was very powerful. It was it was one intense uh, synchronicity that mm-hmm. was for sure. I mean, I just I can't believe I, I still couldn't can't believe actually that's like the the claw just brought that out. Um, so yeah, that's some of our wild animal synchronicities that we've had over the last mm-hmm. few years. Um, you know, it's it's one of these things where when you start living the shamanic path, you also start to get tons of little things that go on too, right? I mean, you'll just see a hawk at the right time or see an owl at the right time, and it'll have certain meaning to you. Um, I can remember once we we did this uh, invocation of spring energies, and we saw this this gaggle of geese flying through the air way north of us, and as soon as we finished that invocation, it's like they started turning. And like they were like just little dots on the horizon at the time, right? And they, they But they clearly turned. And then they started flying. I'm like, I'm like they're, they're starting to fly towards us. And they get closer and closer. And they literally then fly over us, like literally 30 feet over our heads. Um, this entire gaggle of, of Canadian geese. So... You know, you, you get those kind of, of confirmation events that just, they add spice to your life. They add flavor, you yeah. know. It's, uh, they, tell you, you, they tell you that you're on the right path. There's, and also they confirm the presence of the spirit world to me. There are things that you cannot explain. Just like, you know, you do a channeling session and then your snake is doing the Ouroboros. Or another time that was strange for me is when I was uh, connecting with the deity, Ostara. I'm very close to her. And uh, she, you know, sacred to her is the bunnies. And maybe you don't know, but I have four of them. Like, they are, like, it is a dedication for. It is an offering for. I take care of them. I have four of them for, like, the four directions. And um, they they are very precious to me. Now, I was working with her. And somehow... They started to kind of uh, dance, not dance, but jump in a circle. How would you say that? Like well, walk yeah, in a circle is tough to... It's weird because sometimes really sometimes they'll chase each other in a circle. Yeah. Right? And, and so it's a very quick motion and they'll be all around the enclosure just within a few seconds, right? But it's almost like they started doing a slow march. In yeah, a circle, they, right? They were like just circle, like it was really circling. It was not really chasing each other. They were just kind of following each other. The four of them, which usually you know, one will chase the other one for dominance, or like they just, yeah, they they usually for dominance, like because they're four, you know, there's they're two male, two female. I'm going little details here, but um, the they have kind of a couple bound made, but sometimes like you know they will switch and. 
and then the female doesn't like it so she's gonna run after the other female for like saying hey that's my body not yours and anyways but never like that they were in harmony they were like it was harmonious you know they, they were in a circle doing it softly like the, it was not for dominance that was just pure bu beauty i was like what is that yeah. this was like a, a mini bunny dance it had the feel of like a ritual procession or a ritual so, dance. oh i felt like wow i just <laughs> i just witnessed something and it happened uh, another time where when i witnessed an animal ritual um it was like well a long time ago um I mean, I was just meditating at the time. I was not even into shamanism yet. So I was like in my early 20s. But I was at the beach and um, we had Canadian geese. Geese is the plural, right? That's right. Okay, sorry. Not gooses. No. <laughs> <laughs> gooses, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and there were four of them um, facing each other. And they would put their head in the water and then throw their head back to throw the water out like kind of a fountain all together they were it was like a synchro, uh, all, uh, synchro synchronized swimming synchronized swimming with geese canadian geese it was something like i didn't even know they could do these kind of things so it was very beautiful to witness i just i was like in silence like this is so sacred like yeah, yeah, it's kind way, of a secret dance i'm not supposed to see the way you described it it was like they were bringing their heads together and then they're putting down their heads into the yeah. water and then they were in unison spraying water onto their backs yes right? and they it, it, it did that repeatedly um maybe four or five times it was like one of the most precious 30 seconds of my life. It, it, I I felt like I was watching something I was not supposed, I was not meant to see that. And there's been some interesting things that people have captured with animals of that type. For instance, uh, um, ravens, I believe, you know, basically having a funeral for one of their fallen comrades and this type of thing. You know, you don't expect this kind of actions from an animal, but it's amazing to see these kind of ceremonial actions yeah. from an animal um so yeah animals are pretty special people so if you don't have an animal in your life i suggest getting one into your life um, <laughs> <laughs> or just look at this sign around you it's already great to open yourself to sign from the animals absolutely absolutely all right, everyone. Well, I think that's uh, that is all for tonight. So remember, we're going to have another shamanic circle next Saturday, same time, same place here on YouTube at 9 p.m. Eastern. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have more interesting conversations then. So uh, everyone have a absolutely amazing night and we will talk to you all later. Yes, and also don't forget that if you have any question that you you want us to answer, you can always write us at spiritworldcenter at gmail.com. Um, and center is E-R. E-R. That's right. E-R. The, the American spelling, not the, not the British spelling. Yes. <laughs> Everybody have a great evening and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.